The first thing that is being asked for in this dua, Ya Allah grant me sihat, health, good health. This is well understood by everybody, what is the value of good health. A person has good health, then he is able to do many things, he can do his work of dunya also. More importantly, he can do much more in terms of deen. So without that health, it's difficult for a person to do many things. So health is also a great na'mat, very great na'mat. And it therefore has to be cared for. So the health that a person has, this is a gift from Allah wa ta'ala. And in one hadith sharif it comes that there are some gifts, there are some bounties of Allah ta'ala that a person generally remains in a kind of deception regarding this. But these are, these are things that are very, very great. Ni'matani mahdoolun fihi ma kathirun min al-nas. Abhi Islam says there are two bounties. Most people are in a deception regarding it. One is a sihha, good health. The other is farah. A person is not preoccupied. <laughs> Whatever the situation, circumstances, he has the ability to focus so one of the things is health. People are in deception in the sense that a person feels it will carry on unhindered, lifelong. Sometimes it just suddenly is not there anymore. So while the person had the health, he could have done a lot, he didn't do it. So while the health is there, he should take advantage of it. So the first thing was the health. Then together with the health, Nabi Wasallam teaches us that in order to preserve this health, there are many things that are necessary. So as-sihata, immediately thereafter the thing that is asked for is al-ifa, chastity, purity. To the extent together with other things, one of the very important and great things is that the person who will keep himself safe from sin, person who will keep himself far away from those things that are sinful, that will also be a protection of his health. So the person wants good health is asking Allah Ta'ala, Allah grant me sihat. So the safeguard of the sihat is in ifat. So to the protection of his chastity, his health will stay safe. Again, doesn't require any elaboration. This is well understood. How many a person has lost his health completely because of not having safeguarded himself from guna, from sin. Various sins. The sins of the eyes weaken the heart as well. One is the spiritual heart, 
it weakens the physical heart. And then there's so many details in this, there's no time to go into those details. But this is well known, well understood. Some of the things that are common in the broader community, people are dying of various diseases, etc. Much of it starts from the immorality and vices. Not that a blanket judgment should be passed on every single person that this was his problem, Nawazubillah. But on a general note, this is the reality. So this is the lesson in here, to the extent a person looks after his ifat, he'll look after his sihat. There are many, many things that affect sihat and health, but this is one of the very important things. Then Nabi Islam says, well, amana. So now, the person wants to protect his health, so he's been given the pres- prescription that protect this ifat. But that ifat is part of a broad category of what is known as amanat. That the person who has amanat, he will have amanat of all his limbs that Allah has blessed him with. Amanat, trustworthiness. So trustworthiness is not confined to trustworthiness in terms of not usurping somebody's wealth, or a person has somebody's material amanat and monetary amanat that he will be returned. That is obvious. But amanat is broader than that. There's amanat even in a person looking after his eyes. Allah Ta'ala's ni'mat this is. Allah Ta'ala's amanat which he will be asked about, looking after all the limbs of his body. So the person who has trustworthiness, would be trustworthy with regards to these gifts of Allah as well. So he wants to protect his health. The protection of the health is in the protection of the ifat. And that ifat will be protected if there is amanat. If a person doesn't have trustworthiness to that level, then he would not be too concerned about whether he is using the amanat or misusing it. Somebody has a very high level of trustworthiness. So if he has borrowed somebody's item, so he has borrowed somebody's item, it's not his, he would use it in a way and look after it in a way that better than how he uses his own things. This belongs to somebody else. I need to care for it very well. So if he drives his car in a particular manner, but he's borrowed somebody's car, so now this is a borrowed vehicle, so he will drive it even more carefully. If he normally drives his car in a little bit of a rough manner, he won't do that with somebody else's vehicle. The amanat. So now that amanat and trustworthiness, he will use somebody else's things in a very, very careful manner. This body that Allah has blessed us with is also amanat. And therefore, on the day of Qiyamah, a person will be asked about all these things. And everything will testify. So why will they be asked to testify? Was this used correctly or misused? So the mouth will be sealed initially. He won't be able to talk. Because a person, when he's in a corner, so many a times he'll start saying things which are not correct. So now the limbs will talk. The hands will talk. And their legs will testify where they went. Why? Because all this was amanat. So the protection of the ifat is in amanat. And amanat is part of good akhlaq. 
So therefore the next thing that is being asked for is al khuluq. So there's a complete sequence. These aspects that are mentioned in the ahadith, in the, in the du'as of Rasulullah it's not just that it was just asked in that sequence. These are diverse things actually. Outwardly it seems diverse. It seems very different to one another. But it's all linked together, very, very tightly linked. So the person who wants to look after his sihat, to look after his effort, and that would be possible when the person has amanat, amanat dari, trustworthiness of a very high level. That person will have trustworthiness who has good akhlaq. So this is also part of good akhlaq, a very great part of good akhlaq. So this husne khuluq, in the Hadith Sharif, Rasulullah says that a person with his good akhlaq, he will reach the daraja at the level of as-sa'imul qaim. The person who fasts continuously, nafil fast. The person who stands the night in tahajjud. So very great amal these are. So what is the maqam of such a person, mashallah, spending the day fasting, nafil fast every day? and spending the night, the entire night in ibadat of Allah Ta'ala. How many of us can do this? Doesn't mean we shouldn't do anything. We should try to do something. But we can't spend the whole night, try to spend some portion of the night. We can't spend every day fasting. Some days we'll spend fasting at least. But this is a very great thing. A person does so much. Nabi Islam says, with good akhlaq, a person will reach that maqam and level of a person who was doing this all the time. Fasting every day, nothing fast. <coughs> Standing the whole night in ibadat. If this person with his good akhlaq is completing his faraiz, wajibat, sunnat al-waqqadat, doing some nafafil as well, staying away from sin, but with his good akhlaq he'll reach that level. Now if a person has done something in a manner of good akhlaq, he doesn't regard it. Very often he's not regarded as anything big done. It's a good thing, fine, but not something big. And a person kept or spent the whole night in ibadat, See, mashallah, very big. It is very big. This is even bigger. That is great. Very great. This is even greater. Nabi Islam is saying, this person will reach that level. And on the other end, the opposite of good akhlaq, that will take away a person's whole night tahajjud also. It will deprive him of that whole day's fasting too. And all the amal that were done, as a result of the lack of good akhlaq, so the lack of good akhlaq, there's no vacuum. If there's no good akhlaq, then it's, if there isn't kindness and compassion, there will be harshness and something else. If there isn't adal and justice, there will be zulm. So it will be one of the two. So the lack of good akhlaq will result in bad akhlaq. And bad akhlaq will take all a person's good deeds and dis- distribute it to others. On the day of Qiyamah, the person will come with mountains of good deeds. But because of the lack of good akhlaq, so various things happen. Somebody he slandered, somebody he saw at, somebody he usurped the person's wealth, whatever else was done. As a result of the day of Qiyamah, these people will come and claim. This person will be given his, some good deeds in return. That person, as a result, everything is over, will take people's sins and go to Jahannam. This is how important this husni akhlaq is. <laughs> so now this husni akhlaq is to be developed. And husni akhlaq will be developed, then this amanat dari will come in place fully also. 
And husn khuluq, the last thing Nabi Islam teaches us in this dua to ask for and to inculcate within us. Or rida bil qadr. A person who has raza bil qada. Raza bil qada to be pleased on the decree of Allah. It's a very high level. And that's something to be aspired, something to be acquired. The person who is pleased on the decree of Allah Ta'ala, his akhlaq will be very good. Because he's all the time looking and focusing towards where the source of everything is. The control is Allah Ta'ala. So if something has, somebody has treated me in a certain way, I should turn to Allah Ta'ala. And the person who has his focus towards Allah Ta'ala, he'll take things in his stride. Person who has his focus towards the makhluk, he'll get affected by everything. The insan, insan does get affected, but the person who gets affected in some way also, if he's got that good akhlaq, part of that good akhlaq will be sabr. But part of that good akhlaq, a very big part of it will be hilm, tolerance, very big part. Hilm, one of the asma'ul husna, the beautiful attributes of Allah Ta'ala, is Al-Haleem. Al-Haleem, this refers to Allah Ta'ala. What it refers to is that Allah Ta'ala's servants, who Allah Ta'ala created, and Allah Ta'ala is nourishing them, Allah Ta'ala is sustaining us. Everything Allah Ta'ala gave us, every split second, we are totally dependent on that breath. Allah Ta'ala allows us to take without any charge. You don't have to go anywhere to pay for it. And it takes place spontaneously, without any effort. Allah is making it happen. So Allah's servant, Allah created him, Allah is sustaining him, Allah provided everything for him, Allah is enabling him to take that breath every split second. And he shamelessly and blatantly still breaks Allah's commands with Allah's nameless. Allah provided that wealth, Allah provided that health, Allah Ta'ala provided everything. That energy now that he feels very energetic came from the food Allah Ta'ala provided. And now with all this energy and everything Allah Ta'ala provided, he now blatantly breaks Allah Ta'ala's command. Can you imagine the father gives his son everything? The son in the presence of the father, the father's gifts he takes to hurt the father in some way, to cause some kind of nuksan and damage to the things of the father. So who, which father will tolerate this? Allah Ta'ala is beyond being hurt from anybody. Allah Ta'ala is the, the khaliq of everyone. Allah Ta'ala doesn't get hurt by anybody. Nobody can harm Allah Ta'ala in any way. But Allah Ta'ala is the provider. And the person does whatever Allah Ta'ala is forbidden, but Allah Ta'ala's tolerance. Now if Banda will make tawbah, Allah Ta'ala gives him respite. That's Al-Haleem. It doesn't happen that the person misuse his eyes and it's fully in the Qudrat of Allah Ta'ala that in that split second Allah Ta'ala can snatch that side away. In that split second as that finger was pressing that button Allah Ta'ala could have paralyzed it. As that leg was moving in the wrong direction Allah Ta'ala could have crippled the person right there. But Allah Ta'ala gives ample respite. My servant will make Tawbah. He'll come back. But sometimes that becomes that respite, people get deceived with the respite. The person, so long I've been carrying on with life as I wanted, nothing happened. So nothing happened, what, what should I be concerned about? Carry on. As a result, sometimes a person gets a very long rope, they say he hangs himself with the same rope. 
So that respite which was meant to be given a chance to come back, the person used that to destroy himself. But nevertheless, this is the helm of Allah. Now, obviously, that's Allah Ta'ala's sifat, Al-Hadim. But Allah Ta'ala has given us that same instruction via Rasulullah Allah. Adopt the characteristics of Allah Ta'ala. Obviously, we can't come anywhere in that reality. But on our level, in our capacity, to develop this tolerance, to develop this tahammul, and to be able to take things in our stride, not to get irritated and flustered by small, small things around us. And just as we wish for the clemency of Allah, ta'ala, we have to be tolerant of people around us too. But this is part of this good akhlaq. And our person who has this helm in him, so he will be able to take things in his time. And such a person will protect his health also. Because he won't be all the time at a high tension. So he will be looking at this rada as a result of this rada bil qada. This husna akhlaq becomes easy. And without this rada bil qada, that sabr will be difficult. That help will be difficult. That forgiveness will be difficult. So these are all things that are interlinked. He started off with asking for sihat. That sihat is dependent on protecting one's ifat. And that ifat will be protected if he has an amanat. Well, amana. That amana is part of this husn khuluq. And this husn khuluq will become easy when a person has this rada bil qada. So Allah Ta'ala grant us the tawfiq that we acquire these things with the fazal of Allah Ta'ala. We make an effort to bring these things in our life and live these lessons. This is a dua to ask. And this is another very great lesson that we shouldn't confine our duas. That's also to be asked for. We should not confine our duas to just our material needs. These are also great things to ask for. Therefore, we should be making a habit to make these du'as. They are beautiful compilations, very simple, munajati makbul, al-hizbul azam, that is more detailed. Some du'as from here we should be reading daily. One is one manzil every day, but not one manzil every day, then even a few pages every day. One, two pages a day. But daily, these are du'as from the Quran and the Sunnah, and some compilations have the translations with it also. So we read the translation, just to get an idea, we might not be able to remember the entire translation. But we start asking those du'as with some feeling. Maybe read the same du'a 10 days. Then the next 10 days, the next du'a. In that way, we will learn the du'a very easily also. And it will become part of our system, inshallah. Allah ta'ala, give us the tawfiq. Wa akhiru da'wana, alhamdulillah. Inshallah. We should be for a few minutes and then. The person who decides La ilaha illallah and returns daily, Allah will cause his face to shine in the 14th moon on the day of Qiyamah. Inshallah, with the barakat of this daily recitation of La ilaha illallah hundred times, Allah will grant him the tawfiq of righteous amal, save him from sin. This will become the means of this great honor on the day of Qiyamah. So we should try and make a habit of this and make it part of our ma'amun and daily practice. Decide the Rushi. Allah, <laughs> 
على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم جزا الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو لا اله الا الله 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 محمد رسول الله صلى الله تبارك وتعالى عليه وسلم الله جل جلاله عم نواله Allah, 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 Allah,